0: Hi, this is Michelle Pomeroy with the Right Fit Podcast. Keep listening because today's guest just might be the right fit for you. Welcome to the Right Fit Podcast. I'm Michelle Pomeroy and I wanna start and kick off this new podcast by introducing you to me. Okay, let's get started. So I grew up in St. George, Utah. And my family, I am the third of four children. Something kind of unique about that, I have an older sister and an older brother, and then myself, and then when I was nine years old, my younger brother was born. So I had a big part in in kind of taking care of him. And I have a lot of really great memories of teaching my little brother special things like how to tie his shoes. I remember when he started walking. So in a way, I was, the youngest child for a little bit, but also um, had the responsibilities of an older child kind of later on. As a kid, what was I like as a kid? I feel like I'm similar to my youngest child, my daughter, and she's really sweet. She has a sensitive heart and can be quite emotional. I remember as a kid making up songs and making trying to make myself cry, <laughs> which is just so funny to think about. And so I think I was a, an emotional kid, but kind of throughout childhood, I learned how to be really logical. I, I became a really good student pretty early on, wanted to do well in school, um, felt the pressure, not even for my family, but just on myself to, to be good. And I identified as a good kid for a long time. I remember in the fourth grade dreaming about becoming the president of the United States, I had a lot of ambition for a little kid, I think. Reading back in like journal entries when I was probably middle school or so, uh, I always talked about how tired I was and that I was so busy with school projects and homework. I've always kind of felt this drive to want to succeed. I think back to childhood and just remember how carefree I was. I remember basically living in my swimsuit Just really enjoyed those childhood years, having good friends in the neighborhood with some really good memories. So that drive to do well in in school really carried through into high school as well. I focused a lot on my studies and was super involved in just about every club possible. I loved to stay busy. I found a lot of uh, my identity was in academic accomplishment. At that time, a big goal of mine was to become valedictorian. Which I actually achieved, and um, I remember at that time just having being really having ambitious ideas of having a big career in a high-rise building in New York City. That's just kind of what I pictured for myself at that time. Looking back, I realized the pressure that I put on myself to be perfect and to be good. that's what I really wanted. That's what I really strived for as a young person. because of that, I didn't get into much trouble at that time. I had really good friends. I wasn't involved with a rough crowd and I think in that way I was probably a pretty easy kid for my parents. I I had seen my sister, older brother and sister struggle a little bit through their teenage years um, with very normal things, but I learned from that, kind of from their example, that I was afraid to make mistakes and so I did everything in my control to make sure I didn't fall into Things that were going to cause suffering or difficulty in my life. I think that fear of making mistakes or messing up um, kept me really safe. But it also kept me in a box. A big part of my journey through adulthood has been to figure out how to live life out of that box. Soon after I graduated high school, I went to BYU. I remember moving away. Uh, packing up my little Nissan Sentra with all my belongings, puttering up the highway, I think at a max speed of 55 miles an hour because the little car was weighed down so much with my stuff. I got a job almost immediately that, that same summer that I moved to Provo, and I worked at the MTC, the Missionary Training Center, in their audio-visual department, which I ended up having that job for four years. So when I was in college, I majored in psychology, and I think... Um, well, at least started in psychology, and I think that had a lot to do with the fact that I was um, always really interested in my dad's career, and he was a psychotherapist, but at, soon after I started, I realized it was just a bit too science for me, and I was a little bit bored with it. At that point, I think I was introduced to classes in marriage, family, and human development, and realized that I was really fascinated not only by kind of human behavior, but also relationships and what happens between couples and in families and so I decided to change my major and always kind of had the idea that I wanted to be a therapist. I ended up meeting my husband Miles a couple years into into school and we got married. He's just been the greatest part of my life and so grateful that I made that decision to marry him. We graduated together at that point we were trying we were trying to make a decision on the route or the the way that our life would go after college and he had decided to attend graduate school. I had also considered going to graduate school, but realized that i I was just burned out and needed a break from school for a while. So we decided that that was a good time to start a family we had our had our son, our first child while living in Irvine uh, where my husband was going to school. Um, When he was born, there were some scary health complications that happened. Uh, His liver wasn't functioning, and that was a really, really difficult trying time as a new mom and as new parents. I still get teary when I think about it. It was a struggle, and I really think that uh, that had a lot to do with the onset of postpartum depression, which I have dealt with throughout motherhood. So... Halfway through my husband's PhD program, he decided he wanted to change direction completely and move away from a biology degree and pursue computer programming, which was a huge shift and a lot of stress involved in making that decision. I think my husband lost probably 30 pounds or something like that, maybe not that much. That was really big stress on him and on us as a family, and that was all happening during the same time of being new parents. So in making that career change, my husband was offered a job in Utah. We made our way back to Utah. We didn't think that we would actually return to Utah. We thought we would probably live away, Um, but this job opportunity was one that he couldn't pass up. So when I was eight months pregnant with my second child, we packed up a small moving van and drove to Utah. We parked our (laughs) moving van in the parking lot At Walmart and stayed with a friend while we looked for a place to live Uh, we found a rental uh, luckily found a rental because I was eight months pregnant and our insurance didn't our insurance didn't cross over between California and Utah I was uninsured in Utah and very very pregnant so I had to actually go down to California to have my baby and then drive back with her two days after she was born. Uh, That was a crazy time for sure. We actually had a couple false alarms where we made trips down to California thinking I was in labor and wasn't. But ultimately she was born healthy and happy and I was just so thrilled and euphoric about how well things went with her labor and delivery and that she was a healthy baby. So about a year later we ended up buying our first home and we thought you know we'd be there for about three to five years as our first home. And we've been in that home for about 10 years now. And while living in this home, we had our third child, another daughter. And I loved being a stay-at-home mother, but it was a struggle for me. I had a hard time and still struggled with depression. found myself on and off medications, trying to figure out how to find, how to find contentment in motherhood. And I remember just being really envious of other mothers that were content being at home. I just wasn't. I didn't feel fulfilled, uh, though I loved and was so grateful for that time. But it was around the time that our youngest daughter became preschool age that I started considering what I was going to do when they were all in school. And I returned to the idea of being a therapist. And, you know, I had had about a decade or so to consider if that's what I really wanted to do. And life experience showed me that, yes, that was, that felt good. And that's what I wanted to do. However, I did have some, I do remember having some hesitation specifically because I didn't want to hear difficult, scary things. And I actually remember talking to my dad about that. And he said something really helpful. You learn to see the people and the struggle and the hard things that they're sharing aren't as difficult. I also remember talking to Jennifer Finlayson Fife when I attended I attended one of her workshops and talked to her about what I wanted to do, and she encouraged me to find a graduate program and pursue therapy. So, I did. I ended up finding doing quite a bit of research, and I found a flexible program thanks to a good neighbor that allowed me to attend school on nights and weekends. So that was helpful that I could be available to my family during the day. when When I started school, there was instant excitement, like a vitality uh, that I. Hadn't experienced over the past, you know, decade of my life. Um, I noticed that even though it was taking up more of my time, that I had become a better wife and mother. And it was definitely a hard transition for our family, but worth it. The program that I was in uh, stretched me a lot. It kind of was mind blowing how much growth happened within that two year program. Uh, one of my professors said. Going to graduate school for therapy, she felt like she grew 10 years in two years' time. And I have to agree, Mm -hmm. it really forced me to take a look at myself in a way that I hadn't before, as well as try on different perspectives and moving out of that box that I found safety in throughout my life. Uh, My husband and I, we found ourselves in marriage counseling at that time because of the growth, what, how, (laughs) because of. the graduate program was doing so yes the program was difficult but so invigorating at the same time after i finished my coursework i interned at a few places in the valley and ultimately took a full-time position at the eft clinic which is where i practice today as i've been providing therapy for others it brings up my own stuff soon after starting my career i found a really great therapist that's helped me. I continually work on myself. I see that, I still see that therapist twice a month. It's been awesome. It's so helpful to have that support. You know, I think the thing that I've learned being a good therapist means being authentically me. And the more authentic and genuine I can be, the better I can show up for my clients. When I started school, I had this idea of what a therapist was what a therapist looked like. And I thought that graduate school and my internship would turn me into a therapist. But that's not what has happened. I'm understanding more and more that being who I am gives me the best opportunity to help others change. And it's actually been a beautiful process. So I work mostly with couples. I've had a lot of extensive training through my clinic. You know, a lot of of counselors would say that working with couples is chaos. But I actually find that I enjoy the energy. I enjoy the energy in the room that couples bring and it's actually where I thrive. I also work with individuals and I do a lot of trauma work. I'm trained in EMDR, which is, which is a methodology for clearing trauma. I have three offices. Um, I work out of an office in Mill Creek and that's on 4500 South and Wasatch Boulevard. Uh, I also have a an office space in Lehigh, which is near Thanksgiving Point. And my third office, I say, is online therapy. Of course, with COVID, that's been a, a bigger part of my practice. I found, to my surprise, that it's much more effective than I thought it would be. A lot of people really prefer the convenience of it. So I do quite a bit of online therapy as well. I'd like to tell you a little bit about how this podcast came to be. I love to learn. And I've noticed since being a therapist that I am asked on a regular basis by friends and family for referrals and recommendations for good therapists, good help, good professionals. And I also realize that finding the right fit can be really challenging. And I also know that the right fit is essential for good therapy. That's what research tells us. Therapy works best. When the relationship between the therapist and the client is solid, only you can know if the therapist is right for you. When I I was thinking about podcast ideas, this came to mind for me, that you can find the right therapist for you that will help you in, in your healing, whatever that looks like. So basically, I want to play matchmaker. I want to match you up with help. I also have to admit that there was a bit of a, there's also a bit of a personal motivation You wouldn't know it, but being a therapist can be kind of a lonely job. In some ways, it's very isolating. Something that I'm really excited about is the opportunity to get with other professionals and learn from them, be able to support each other as we do this work. Let me tell you what you can expect from from the Right Fit podcast. So you can expect to learn something. I promise to bring individuals and experts that are going to share really great knowledge with us, things that are going to help benefit your life. Um, You can also expect to be connected to resources. My hope is to find the resources that are most helpful and tell you about them. And finally, you can be sure that you're going to meet some awesome people. Not just awesome people, but awesome local people. Thank you so much for spending some time with me here today. I, I feel grateful to be able to share this space with you. It's been a pleasure. See you next time.